0: Somebody hurt me just in between services. They said, yeah, we've already been to Mary's Tacos this morning and had a great time. I'm like, God, man, I missed out on that. But I am thankful for our refill staff for taking care of me in between services. It is awesome today, but we're glad. Hopefully, you guys have had a good breakfast. Amen? And look at everybody in here. Tell you, turn the lights up real quick. Can we get full throttle for just saying, look at this house. It's good. We got a few empty seats, so... It's amazing. Glad you're here. Do you like who you're with? Just look around. See anybody more attractive? Do you want to sit with? Just We'll kill the lights in three, two, one. Let's kill them. It's nap time. Here we go. So, uh, hey, I hope that you'll join us next Saturday night at six or Sunday night at six o'clock for a night of worship. And uh, it is going to be absolutely incredible as we get together and, and just sing as, as we encounter the presence of the Lord. Um, we are going to be laying down some, some songs recording, and uh, I was standing in the back just a few moments ago, and it was absolutely incredible to hear you guys singing and worshiping. Uh, I could even hear it bouncing off the wall in the back. And next, next Saturday night and Sunday night are going to be epic for us in the history of our church. We've been praying for a night to record some of our own songs of the house. And so uh, we want you guys to come next week. It's going to be uh, packed. Yeah, come and see. It's going to be packed. And uh, so we want you guys to, to make plans Saturday night or Sunday night, 6. It's the same program. Um, it's going to be a great, great evening, but um, uh, we hope you'll join us. Um, I'm going to just give a shout-out. He's going to hate this, but I'm going to give a shout-out to Chris Boddy from Pine Cove. Chris, go ahead and stand up with your boys. Yeah, y'all stand up. Look at these men right here. So listen, many of you know that we've been a part of hosting... Camp in the city for, for I think we've done seven. I think this will be year eight for us, maybe nine. Uh, It's a summer camp for kids, and uh, we have a great time. But Chris is on staff at Pine Cove there in Tyler, and he has been a tremendous blessing to to me and my family. They've made us better. Chris is here with some of his other buddies. They're having a a father-son getaway. They're having some man time. Probably eating raw meat and shooting guns and chasing hogs and things of that such. But I tell you, they're having a great time, I know, pouring into their sons. But I'm telling you what you're doing now with your boys in the house to the Lord is important. And so thanks for coming. I hope I read it just as you wrote it today, my sermon. So thank you for that. Appreciate it. So um, can I just be transparent with you? It's a hard week for me. I lost a friend this week that I love and, uh, and I know that God is good, but this don't feel good right now. It doesn't. And, uh, so bear with me today. It's very fitting that, that my sermon today and little did we know what was going to happen this week, but, uh. Today's sermon is who are my friends? It's the question. And I think God probably knew in his grand scheme when we're planning and scheming about where we're going, even in this series, you ask for it. These four big questions that people in our culture are asking today, week one, was who is God? And you've got to settle that first. Who is God? And with your when you think of that, there's so many things that come to your mind. Last week we looked at Who am I? And the famous A.W. Tozer quote that whatever you think of, when you think about God, that is the most important thing about you. You see, you have to start with God and then you've got to look at who you are in light of who he is. And, And just a reminder that we are all spiritual creations. You know that, right? Scripture says that God took the dirt from the ground and he formed it and he, and he made it into its form. But it was lifeless until what happened, until God breathed in it. You see, listen, you were created by and for the breath of God. And that's why so many people in our culture today are hurting and they're hopeless. They're still trying to figure it out, Bruce, because they've, they've forgotten Who they were created for and by And why they were created You were created as a spiritual being You were dead You were lifeless until God breathed into you And I pray that today you would understand that You need the breath of God To give you life Well today we're going to look at this question and, And I just don't think it was a coincidence God knows some stuff How many of you know that? God knows some stuff, right? And so today, today we're going to look at this question: Who are my friends? And I want to thank you for being a friend and for being here today. According to statistics, the average Facebook user has 155 friends. Now I know what some of you are thinking right now. I've got ten thousand. I must be super special. Yeah, they all sent you a Christmas present and a card this year too, didn't they? Yeah. The average Facebook user, statistics say, has 155 friends. Are all of those people that we call friends via social media today, are they really our friends? Well, I mean, what, what, what makes a friend a friend, right? Now, I, honestly, I, I, I would like to say that many of the people on, on my friend list are Listen, they're, they're, they're not those that I just got to be honest, I don't have a particular closeness to. And, and, and some of the people that I have friended are really friends of a friend. You, you know what you do. Somebody sends you a friend request, and if they have mutual friends of yours, then you're probably going to like them. Uh, if they don't have a mutual friend like that Russian model that you got the friend request from, <laughs> do you get that mess? Hey, men, this is for you. This is probably a good, good, I'm about to help you out. Men, if you get a friend request from a female, unless she is a friend of maybe your spouse, do not friend her. I'm just saying, it's, it's probably, that's a good word right there. But if your wife gives a thumbs up to a female request, then, or she's a friend, then maybe it's, it's okay. But, um, but, but... A lot of the people that we're friends with are just they're 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 friends of a friend, right? We we really don't know them. Facebook though is, is trying to help us out with when it comes to to our friends list. We 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 can now designate someone as a as a close friend, or or you can designate someone as just a an acquaintance, even right? Which determines how frequently or infrequently you receive their news and, and, and their updates. And, and, and we never really have to hear from the friends that we're not interested in. It's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? You're my friend, but I really don't care to hear from, from you. That's kind of rude where I come from, you know? But, but we don't have to. You, you can hide them. And here's the cool thing. They don't know you've hidden them. Somebody walked in and said, Bro, I've been like sending you messages about what's going on in my life. I said, Oh, yeah, I, now I remember. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I would never, you guys are here. I would friend y'all. <laughs> but they, they don't even know that you unfriend them unless they begin to plod through the list of friends list to see that, Oh, my gosh, I wonder what happened. They check, unchecked me. I mean, with the average friends list of, so many of yours, the numbers, who really has time to plod through through all of that? But let's just be honest. That, that is how so many friendships in our day and times are developed, aren't they? We simply just thumbs up somebody or we accept an invitation. Maybe they look good or we like the picture of their dog in the photo, the profile, and, or, or ooh, they, 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 they passed on some Furtick. Feed or something and so we just automatically like them we don't know them and that's how so many friendships in in our culture are being developed today should, should, should our approach be so casual as it is or is there possibly a better way to choose friends is there, is, there, is, there, is there deeper meaning to this thing that we call friends? Today we want to tackle this question. Who are my friends? My friends. Perhaps the the greatest example of friendship we have in in the Bible is, is David and Jonathan. You guys know that, that over the last several weeks, not that we've not used the Bible here at 1910 but in the past, but I just really have let kind of Scripture just speak for itself, and, and I kind of have just been along for the ride and, and just trying to show you what, what Scripture says about who God is. Listen, the reality is this. I, I can't unpack and answer that question for you in a 30-minute message. And I think it's okay for us to throw things out there and you to leave here from time to time still trying to process and, and understand and unpack. Hey, what does that mean? See, listen, I can't, I, I can't tell you who God is. You, you've got to come to an understanding of who God is. I can tell, tell, tell and all that, but listen, you still have got to come to a place where where you understand. Now, I can present stuff and hopefully encourage you and push you in your pursuit of him, but but in reality is hey, who am I? You've got to continue to wrestle with that and unpack that. I want to share with you and what we've tried to do is just share from a, from a biblical perspective the answer to these questions that you wrestle with. And, and that's what I want us to do today. And there's no greater example to me of, of friendship than, than the relationship we see in the Old Testament between two men, David and, and, and Jonathan. Do you know what I'm talking about here? You see, this, this, this friendship was special. In fact, we, we, we read in Scripture that David and Jonathan, they, they, they made a covenant with one another. And, and throughout their lives, check this out, they fought for one another, they protected each other, and they loved each other deeply. In fact, when Jonathan died in 2 Samuel chapter 1, here's what David said. He said, how I weep for you, Jonathan. Oh, how much I loved you. And, and your love for me was deep. It was deeper than the love of, of women. Listen, do you have a friend that you love that deeply? That, 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 that you would weep for them or that you have wept over them? You see, that's the type of relationship that we, we, we see being played out in the books of 1 Samuel and, and throughout 2 Samuel between these two men, David and Jonathan. They had an intense friendship, an enviable one as well. I mean, after all, wouldn't you want a friend that, that would, would defend you even in the face of death? Wouldn't you love that? Wouldn't you love to to have a friend where where you were in such covenant relationship with him that no matter what was going on in your life, whether it was times of celebration and victory or whether you were down in the dumps and you you were being ridiculed or persecuted or or up against tremendous odds, wouldn't you just love to have that friend that stood with you in the good and the bad? Do you have somebody like that? I hope there's at least one because we need that. This friendship between David and Jonathan was this covenantal relationship. And in 1 Samuel chapter 18, beginning of verse 1, we, we read some words that, that begin to share with us about this agreement, this relationship that they developed. It says, after David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. And there was an immediate bond, Scripture says, between them, for Jonathan loved David. And from that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by by taking off his robe and giving it to David together with his tunic, with his sword, his bow, and his belt. And whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. And so Saul made him a commander over the men of war, an appointment that was welcomed by the people and Saul's officers alike. You see, in this agreement, Jonathan was to be the second in command. Jonathan was King Saul's son. And if something were to happen to Saul, Jonathan would assume kingship. But yet we find here someone acquiescing and giving way to someone that he knew God had appointed and called. He knew that he would become maybe second in command in David's future reign. And through this relationship and this covenant that we see played out through the book of 1 Samuel, we're going to understand things like David vowed to protect Jonathan's family at all costs. It's really crazy when you think about it because remember how Saul loved David, but then his his feelings towards David changed, right? Right? And not only is, 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 is he now pr- was one that protected David and promoted him and gave him everything, but, but Saul actually began to hunt David down like a dog. But yet David, instead of taking vengeance out and protecting, what did he do? He continued. He remembered this covenant he'd made with Jonathan. We continue in chapter 20, real quick. I'm giving you the Cliff Notes version. It says, So Jonathan made a solemn pact with David, saying, May the Lord destroy all your enemies. And Jonathan made David reaffirm his vow of friendship again, for Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. Down in verse 42, it says, At last Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn loyalty to each other in the Lord's name. The Lord is the witness of a bond between us and our children forever. David left, and Jonathan returned to the town. A couple of chapters later in chapter 23, says J- Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith. Don't be afraid, Jonathan reassured him. My father will never find you. You are going to be the king of Israel and I will be next to you as my father Saul is well aware. And so the two of them renewed their solemn pact before the Lord. And Jonathan returned home and David stayed at Horus. Are you beginning to see this? Obviously, these two men whether good or bad, whether it be family or not, these two men had an incredible friendship. And it's in their relationship today that I want to unpack some things that I find here, some qualities of what I believe true friendship are. First of all, we see that they sacrificed for one another. I read it in 1 Samuel 18 verse 4. We we read that Jonathan gave David his clothes and his military garb. Now the significance of this gift was that Jonathan was recognizing that David would one day be the king of Israel. And rather than being envious or jealous, what we find is Jonathan submitting to God's will and sacrificing his own right to the throne. Listen, as you think about your circle of friends, do you have someone in your life like that, that sacrifices for you to whatever extent, at whatever cost? Listen, I could be the rightful owner or the... of the throne and sit and rule a reign, but you know what? It's not about me, and, and I know that, listen, it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving that right to you. That, that's sacrifice. You see, my concern is we live in a day and an age in which we seek fame and recognition, and we want what's ours, and we want what is other people's, and it, it's, it's not about others, but I love this demonstration of, of selfless sacrifice towards a friend what Jonathan's doing here in 1 Samuel 18. Listen, I, I'm supposed to be the one, but listen, I know that God has anointed and appointed you, and so therefore I step back. Secondly, another sign of true friendship that I find here is in chapter 19. We, we read of Jonathan's loyalty towards David and his defense of, of, of David. Look what it says in beginning in verse 1. It says, Saul now, Saul's had a change of heart. Saul is now urging his servants and his son Jonathan to assassinate David. Now stop the bus. Do you remember earlier in your, what you know of David about going to fight a, a Philistine giant by the name of Goliath, right? Who's king at that time? Saul, who's out there on this this hilltop watching for 40 days daily this behemoth of a man from the arch rival walk out to a valley and start trash talking and taunting his army? It's Saul. And for 40 days, Saul could have been a man and stepped up and taken care of it. By the way, there are so many teaching points right there. Men, listen. Whenever we see something that's just not right, it's time for men to step up and do something about it. Okay, that's for Father's Day's coming up. Buckle up and get ready, because I'm going to. No, I'm just kidding. But it's Saul. You remember David shows up with, with cheese and crackers for his brothers? He finds out what's happening. Hey, who's going to go shut up this, this trash-talking Philistine? Nobody? All right, take my cheese and crackers. Let's go. And you remember when Saul said, hey, little boy, at least put on some armor, right? So, so, so Saul at one point loved David. He was, he's trying to protect him, right? And how things change quickly in 1 Samuel 19. Now it reads in verse 1, he's making plans to assassinate David. But Jonathan, because of his strong affection for David, told him what his father was planning. Tomorrow, tomorrow morning, you warned him, you must find a hiding place out in the fields. And I'll ask my father to go out and I'll ask him to tell him, talk to me about you. And then, David, I'll tell you everything that I can find out. I mean, King Saul is now trying to kill David. He's he's forming an assassination plot, but Jonathan refuses to buy into that. In fact, Jonathan rebukes his father. He's trying to recall David's faithfulness to the king. Remember how he killed Goliath, but yet nothing happened. You need a friend that will be loyal to you. You need a friend that will defend you when push comes to shove. And finally, here's what I see, a true sign of friendship is is Jonathan and David were also free to express their emotions to one another. I'm not going to read the verses, but in 1 Samuel chapter 20, we read a plan concocted by Jonathan to begin to reveal his father Saul's plan toward David. Jonathan was, was going to practice his archery one day. And if he told his servant that the arrows he shot were to the side of the target, then David would be safe. It's kind of a, this is back before the, you remember the old, the old green bean cans with the string in between that you would talk to? <laughs> remember that Morse code kind of talking? The, 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 this is, some of you don't remember that. I don't either. I just saw pictures. This is kind of, hey, David, we've got to have some sort of a sign so that that, that, this is what's going to happen. And if if, if the arrows are shot to the side of the target, you're saying, Jonathan told his servant that if the arrows were beyond the target, that that David was to leave and never, never to come back or return. And Jonathan told the servant that the arrows that were shot beyond the target, that's meaning that David should, should flee now. And after releasing his servant, Jonathan found David and the two men cried together. Two men emotionally tied and connected. It's expressing their feelings towards one another and crying with one another. Do you have somebody like that in your life where you're free to express the emotions with one another? Now, it's probably safe for me to say that those of you, the female persuasion, do that quite well. But us dudes struggle with that. Um, It's a little embarrassing sometimes, right? But yet what we see here is this incredible relationship and love for one another between David and Jonathan. I love this biblical account of them because I believe that it's a true definition of what friendship is all about. Listen, true friendship involves loyalty, it involves sacrifice, it involves compromise, and yes, even emotional attachment. Do you have a friend like that? Or do you just have several thumbs up and likes on social media? Mm. You know, Scripture talks about friends and friendship time and time again. And, 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 you know, there are some people that maybe we consider friends that they're really not. Or you may have had somebody that was in your huddle, someone that was in your court that, that you thought was a friend, but then when, when a difficult situation arose, you really saw their true colors. Am I talking to anybody? Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24 says, There are friends, quotes, who destroy each other. But a, tr- a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Here's the interesting thing to me about friends and friendship. You know, we don't necessarily get to choose the people that we work with, do we? We don't even necessarily get to choose the people who are part of our family. In fact, wouldn't you just like to defamily some of your family members? Like on Facebook, just defriend. Wouldn't you like to just defamily somebody? Yeah. But here's the thing about friends we can choose our friends, can't we? You can't choose who you work with, you can't choose who your family members are, but you can choose who your, your friends are. And so here, here's my encouragement to you today be careful, choose wisely. I would encourage you to look for for, for godly friends. Look look for friends who love God. Look for friends who will speak truth to you. Look for friends who will help build you up. Look for those who will be godly influences on you. That's what you need. I'm reminded in the book of Daniel of three Hebrew teenagers by the name of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right? Right? I'm reminded when Nebuchadnezzar built this this image and says, when the trumpet sounds, everybody better bow. And if you don't, it's death in the furnace. I love these three teenagers. Arrogant, cocky, the trumpet sounds, and we're not going to bow. I don't care if it's Bruno Mars. (laughs) I'm not bowing, Nebuchadnezzar. I'm not. And they stood tall. They stood for one another. They supported one another. When everyone else that day turned against them, when everyone else was worshiping this false god, these three teenagers, they stuck together as godly friends. They stuck together even in the fiery furnace. Oh, man, I would have loved to have heard their conversation. I'm sure they were worshiping and praising But at some point, because they're three teenagers, don't you kind of think they started mocking Nebuchadnezzar? I thought you said this was going to be hot. (laughs) I think we got this. Oh, who's this for? Jesus, welcome. Thanks for joining us here. Love it. We need friends like that, don't we, that will stand. So let me ask you a question this morning. How do we find out which of our friends are really true friends? How can we determine whether the people that we think are our friends... How can, what's the litmus test for true friendship? Can I just share with you a couple of things? I've got 52, but I'm going to share two. All right? Here's the first thing I would say. Here's one way to determine wholeheartedly commit yourself to Jesus Christ and see the reaction of the people you call your friends. Here's what I'm concerned about in our culture today. So many of us are here and we worship, we sing, we study, we attend Bible studies, we lead groups, we're serving, and we're giving to kingdom advancement. But, but I'm concerned that for some of us, that, that when we leave an environment such as this and we're out in the world that it's just, a, it just it just might be easy for us to forget some of our faith and convictions and 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 maybe just maybe we might begin to kind of cave a little bit or or soften on something we believe in just because of the people we're around am i am i making that up okay um, the first service was filled with people that had that problem. They were just like falling out and wailing. That's me, preacher! I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just concerned that for some of us, we begin to kind of catch the temperature of the room or the people that we're with in the moment. And some things that maybe we held as strong convictions or beliefs, it's just easier, isn't it, when other people around us don't hold to those same Convictions or beliefs. And what we find is us lessening our conviction. Listen, you want to find who your true friends are? Stand strong in your faith, in your commitment to Christ, and see what happens. Do you remember the parable of the weeds and the tear? The wheat and the tares? Remember how when you look out on a wheat field, you know, it all looks beautiful, but even in the midst of a beautiful wheat field, there's weeds. There's stuff in it that's not good, right? And and then you have to kind of, a farmer separates those things. Listen, this might be one of those separation moments for you. Hey, stand strong in your faith. Wholeheartedly commit yourself to Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, you're going to find out who your true friends are. Listen, in high school, I had three buddies that were with me through thick and thin, They, they, we, we, we held the same convictions. Our faith was similar. We attended church together. Imagine that parents, imagine that. Hey, do you know who your kids' friends are? What are they doing? We were together all the time. We were, and listen, I'm not saying that I was perfect and I didn't make mistakes. I didn't make as many as you guys did. But I'm telling you, those three guys, Pastor Blake, kept me and protected me from making some really poor bonehead decisions. I grew up in a small town. Let's hear it for small towns. Amen. I'm talking, I'm talking one high school, a flashing yellow light, and Sonic and Dairy Queen. Come on, somebody. Big time. Family-owned supermarket. Anyway never forget we'd gone into the big city next door to us and had, had kind of had dinner together and we came back and we'd heard some friends of ours were having a party to get together so we showed up just go check it out because you know everybody right I, mean, I lived in a town you walk into the the mom and pop you know um, um, restaurant and you don't have to order not need the a menu they just know they just bring it out here you go that's what you get right they know you <laughs> you walk into this house and and, and and it took 60 seconds for us to determine uh, this is not a good environment. There, there, there are some things going on here that, man, just kind of made us nauseous a little bit. It's just the Spirit of God said, hey, this is not for you. And within 60 seconds, we bolted and we were out of there. But I knew that those three guys were with me. I knew they were with me. That it wouldn't just be me leaving the door. Walking, out, they were with me. Do you have friends like that? That 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 even though you stand strong in your faith and in your convictions, they're still with you. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, start living for Jesus completely, wholeheartedly. Live out your faith and your convictions, and see who is with you. Right? And let me just remind you: Proverbs chapter thirteen, verse twenty says this: Walk with the wise and become wise. You know what that means. If I hang out with wise people, their wise will rub off on me. Walk with wise and become wise. Ah, but associate with fools and get in trouble. You know what that means? That if you hang out with foolish people, that also can rub off on you. In fact, I love this verse because it contains a promise. It, it, It says, listen, it doesn't say you might suffer trouble. It says, no, you will. This comes with the promise that if you hang out with foolish people, you will get in trouble. You will. He who walks with the wise grows wise. Some translations say, but a companion of fools, a friend of fools will suffer harm. Woo. So you want to know who your true friends are? Hey, wholeheartedly commit your life to Jesus Christ and see what happens. Secondly, here's another way to determine who your friends are. True friends will be standing by you when a hardship or crisis comes. True friends will be standing by you when a hardship or crisis comes. Hey, listen, have have you been through a divorce before? Did you lose some people during that process that you thought were your friends? Hey, have you, um, have you lost a job in which you made like a squillion, bazillion dollars a year? But yet when, when, when that was taken and your status or your profile or your bank account began to shrink, did you lose some people during that time? Hey, uh, have you ever suffered a health crisis or issue? And all these people who, who said we're with you, I'm with you, brother, in it through thick and thin, you, you maybe had something that was just a little odd or uncomfortable, and they never even made a visit to you during your hospital stay. You ever been there? Listen, there are scenarios much like that, and we could go on and on today. I'm just saying this. When, when the fire is turned up in your life, you find who your true friends are. I'll never forget when my mom and, and my dad divorced. I was raised in the church. I I mean, we lived it four days a week. I mean, that, and it was devastating whenever divorce hit our home growing up. And I'll never forget what my mom told me. She said the first Sunday that I walked back in, first of all, it took her several weeks before she felt like going back to church. Shame on us. Did did Pastor Chach say a while ago that the church is not a museum for saints, but it's a hospital for for sinners? Why would my mom even hesitate or feel guilty about going back to church? She said, I'll never forget going back. It felt like I had a scarlet letter on my chest. People kind of walking away from me as if I had the flu or something. Shame on us. Listen, you want to know who your true friends are? When when, when the the temperature of life is turned up and things get hot and heavy, listen, your true friends will stay with you. They will. They will. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever been through a situation like that? Let me see your hand all over. Those of you watching online as well, I know. If that's you, can I just remind you of something? You're in good company because did you know that Jesus also had a lot of fair-weathered friends? Uh oh! Yeah, you do. I'm the Son of God, the one who's given us life, the one we've we've worshipped here today. Did you know that Jesus had a lot of fair weather friends? Oh sure, they were with him while he was doling out fish and chips, weren't they? They wanted to eat some of that. I Man, they 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 thought he was a superstar when when he was healing people. Whoo! Man, they loved those words of encouragement that he would speak. Right, words that of compassion. And they would follow him as long as he was preaching that. But where were they when he was arrested? Where, where where were they when 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 the Roman soldiers take took him away? They were gone. They they bolted. I mean, man, hey, as long as you're healing people and as long as you're saying the things we like, woo, we're with you. We're with you. Hey, can I can I just? permission to speak freely I'm going to anyway I don't care what you say I do I shouldn't say that he's so insensitive listen you know that that's how some people treat the church you you know that as long as you like what we're doing or as long as you like what I'm speaking on or as long as you like the songs we sing you know people are with us Man, the moment we start maybe sharing a little conviction, listen, the Holy Spirit's what brings conviction, not me. The moment we start singing stuff we don't like, or the moment I can't find a seat, I'm sitting next to a stranger, hey, there shouldn't be any strangers in the house of God. But what happens so oftentimes, even with this thing called the church, people bail whenever they don't get their way or they like what's happening. Now, sometimes I don't like you. <laughs> but I show up every Sunday. And, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm anxious to see attendance next week now. <laughs> it might just be me and the staff and they may only come because i pay them to i don't know but you catch my drift though your true friends are going to be with you when the temperature of life rises up right jerry ann welton right they'll be there with you they're with you the true friend will be loyal to the end so let me just kind of share a couple of really quick things as we leave you guys are going bro come on we're almost done you become like the five people that you spend most of your time with. Remember that verse about he who walks with the wise girls? Listen, you will become like those five people that you spend the majority of your time with. So can I encourage you? to Choose wisely. Yeah. Choose wisely. Secondly, I would say this. You don't need a certain number of friends. You just need a number of friends you can be certain of that will be with you when push comes to shove. And then lastly, I would say this, surround yourself with only people who are going to lift you higher. Do you have friends that make you better? Scripture says also in Proverbs, that is iron sharpens iron. So one man or woman or college student or high school or middle, whatever, they sharpen each other, right? Listen, I know a lot of you guys are experts in whatever field. I'm an expert web designer, John Stewart. I'm a tech geek. Love you, man. Some of you are domestic engineers and Martha Stewart and Pinterest are looking at your boards to determine. I get it. But do you have somebody that's better than you in life that's pulling you up? We need people like that. We need people that will pull us up to the next level. I have to challenge myself with that. In fact, our team, Pastor Jen, don't you guys hear me say that? Hey, who are you associating with that's better than you in your field? Pastor Blake, you heard me say that. Who's pulling you to the... You need friends like that. You need friends that out of love will get in your grill and say, that's not right. It's ironic because that's the friend I celebrated yesterday. He would send me texts and say, hey, JB, how you doing with this? I'll never forget this, and I never told you this. He sent me a text one day. He's paralyzed on his left-hand side, and he's left-handed, so everything's done with a right thumb. He said this to me, and I was a little offended at it at first, but he said this. He said, JB, you don't have any adulterous thoughts going through your mind, do you? He wasn't afraid to ask those things, Steve. He wasn't afraid to challenge me with those things, Tom. Do you have somebody like that? Do you have somebody that if you've blown it, they are still for you? Who are your friends? And I just have a bonus verse for you today. Is that okay? Proverbs seventeen seventeen. a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. A friend is always loyal and a brother is born in time of need. I have a homework assignment for you. Because I don't think we do this enough. Instead of us sitting here today and thinking about our friends, let me ask you a question. What kind of friend have you been? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to thank those three buddies from high school. And I just wondered if you've got somebody like that that maybe... You've not said thank you to in a while. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe you shoot off an email. Hey, listen, for you uber spiritual people and want to be the first in heaven and at the head of the banquet table, hey, do this. Why don't you write them a letter? Lick a stamp. Put it on an envelope. Do y'all know where the Bernie Post Office is? It's on Blanco. Or is it Blanco? It's there. Some of you need to get reacquainted with the U.S. Postal Service. What if you wrote a letter and some of you guys are going, bro, listen, Valentine's was this week. And I got writer's cramp by writing I love you on the card. You want me to write another one? Yeah. Yeah. Just thanking our friends for being with us. And may we be better friends as well. Is that cool? You guys still love us? Yeah, that's good. Stand up. Stand up grab somebody's hand next to you today and and, and, oh by the way can I just share something with you I I, it it doesn't make me mad and I don't get frustrated with you but you know what really just hurts my heart is when we come into hey turn the lights all the way up when we come into a place like this and somebody's sitting by themselves hey can we can we stop that Andre we're not going to let anybody sit by themselves any longer in this house. We all need somebody. Even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. And the Lone Ranger was a bad mama-jama. But we need other people in our lives that will be with us as well. Amen. You with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for the reminder today of what true friendship is. Lord, I pray that that we would honor and thank those that have stood with us, been loyal to us, those that have made us better, those that out of love have pushed us forward towards Christ's likeness. God, I pray that we would not cower in, 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 in various environments on our faith and our convictions, that we would be true to you, Father, holy, wholeheartedly, sold out to you. God, I pray that we would stick close to our friends even in times of adversity. God, I'm reminded that there's a potential for someone here today to be called a friend of God. You see, God, you desire friendship with us as well. It's based on what you've provided through us, through your son Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross and through the forgiveness of our sins, that, that when we call upon the name of the Lord and are saved, that not only makes us a child of God, but that makes us a friend of God. Lord, I'm reminded what Scripture says, that there's no greater love than this, that that a man laid down his life for his friend. God, that's what you did for us through Jesus. So thank you for that. Thank you for being our friend. Lord, I pray that we would value and honor and that we would be better friends as well. Lord, I'm gonna to pray today for the person in this room that's hurting and broken today as our ministry team comes and stands down front that today that they would receive encouragement today for whatever they're facing. Lord, for the person here today that needs to say yes to Jesus that today would be the day that they call upon the name of the Lord. Today would be the day that they drink from the well of everlasting water and life. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen. Thank you. Dismiss. dismissed.